God is good, amen? amen. We're going to dive right into the Word of God. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. This morning marks a historic day in the Pentecostal movement. This morning marks the moment in history when the Holy Spirit descended from up on high to the, onto the apostles in that upper room. We read the account in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and it states, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Everybody say all. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, everybody say all, All. of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were all together obeying what Jesus had told them previously what to do, sought God together. Then there was a violent wind and it it filled the entire house and they saw what looked like tongues of fire on their heads. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. As you continue to read through the book of Acts, this is something that's never been done before. And everybody says, wow. All right, and everybody says, wow, like you really believe. Wow. And then when the Holy Spirit fell upon the apostles, this would change the course of history in the Pentecostal movement. What took place here in Acts chapter 2? would be the launching pad of the church as you and I know it. And that's the very reason why you are in the house this morning. I'm not sure if we all understand what this means. The church before Jesus came as a man on this earth. When Jesus walked the earth, the church changed. And then Jesus said, when I'm going to leave here and go back to heaven, things are going to change. Things are going to change. So the church before Jesus, before this, was different. After this, the church grew rapidly. The church grew rapidly. The power that was in the church was never been seen before. And i got to be honest with you. I was talking to my brother-in-law this past weekend, and we were like, man, what's irritating me is that the church is supposed to be the most powerful thing on the planet. God's people, not a building, God's people are the most powerful people on the face of the planet. I don't care what degree you might have, I don't care how much money you have, but if you've got the power of God, you've got all you need. The message of Jesus is power for all to believe. So there is a power in God's people. And i got to be honest, I'm not sure if all God's people know that they have access to this power. There is a power that's greater than you and I, and we're going to get to that this morning. And you're going to leave this place knowing that you can be used in a greater way than ever before. And it's through the power of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can radically change the circumstance that you're in. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So there's a power. So before we get to Acts chapter 2, we have to understand that Jesus spoke these words in John chapter 14, verse 11. And it states this, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. What Jesus is saying, believe me, the words that are coming out of my mouth. But if you don't believe that, would you at least believe all the stuff that I've done? Everything that I've done. 
You might not want to believe what I'm saying to you, but there's the proof. Does that make sense? There's the proof, friends. And when I say that I'm in my Father, my Father's in me, then you better believe that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. When Jesus was on this planet, he transformed and revolutionized what it means to be a follower of Christ. He did miracles upon miracles upon miracles. He spoke with such authority, and people were getting saved left and right. Before Jesus, it wasn't happening. That's why crowds of people would follow Jesus, because of what Jesus was doing. So he's telling his disciples, man, if you're not going to believe my words, at least take into account everything that you've seen me do. And then he goes on to verse 12. He says, because I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater, everybody say greater, greater. things than these because I'm going to the Father. Greater, greater. When God says greater, it's greater, Right? When he says, believe me, believe him, okay? So greater. What did Jesus do? Jesus rose the dead. Jesus healed the blind. Jesus sent, we find accounts where Jesus, actually the ten lepers came to Jesus and said, hey, can you heal us? And Jesus says, yes, go show yourself to the priest. When they turned and left, they were still lepers. But as they journeyed, they got healed. As they journeyed, they got healed. And the one leper comes back. He's like, oh my goodness, I'm healed. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know, I told you. Hello? Believe me when I say you're healed. And that's what happens. But Jesus, just his words would produce healing. And Jesus with the centurion, he said to Jesus, just say the word. I know what it's like. I know what it's like with authority. And you just had to say the word. And Jesus said the word. And instantly, that person was healed. So that's what Jesus did. He healed the blind, Jan. You know what I'm saying? He rose people from the dead. He did crazy miracles. And in this verse, Jesus, believe him for what he says he's going to say. He says, you'll do greater. Everybody say greater. In my translation, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone. Everybody say anyone. 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 You know what anyone means? Anyone. 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 You might be that anyone. You might be that anyone. We are all anyone, right? Anyone means anybody. So that means anybody. So take your finger right now, instead of pointing it at somebody, which we like to do, point it at yourself and say, I'm anyone. So therefore, anyone do greater things if we do what? If we put our faith in Jesus. If we put our faith in Jesus. And let's continue. Verse 13, I will do whatever you ask in my name, that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Everybody say forever. If you love me and keep my commands, I'll ask my Father to give you a helper, an advocate, a counselor, and that is the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is prophesying to the people and saying, check it out. What I've done here, you can do greater. You can do greater. And you're going to do greater because when I go back to my father, he's going to send you something. He's going to give you something. And that something will be with you for how long? Forever. Forever. So anyone means you and me. Anybody. Who believes? So Jesus is saying, hey, you can do the greater. All right, we can do greater things because Jesus is going to the Father. 
I don't know about you, but like Jesus, I'm hanging out with you all day long. If I was one of the disciples, I'm hanging out with you, doing life, and now you're telling me you're going to leave me. Jesus, you're my all. All I know is you now. I left everything to come follow you. Now you're telling me that you got to go, and when you go, I'm going to be better off. That doesn't make any sense. I'm better off because you're with me. I'm not better off because you're not with me. But Jesus says, no, you are much better off when I'm not physically here with you. You'll be much better off when I'm up there and my Father sends you the gift. The gift that's going to revolutionize the way we do church. Everyone say Holy Spirit. So Jesus gives these commands and then in a short while, Jesus tells him to follow them and obey what I've said. Then let's fast forward to the book of Acts. We're going to pick up Acts chapter 1. And where we pick up is where that Jesus has already went to the cross. He already died a brutal death. He already took the whips on his back. He already bled on the cross. He died, went to hell, rose from the grave. And now we pick up in the story. And everybody said, Amen. Jesus is alive and he's walking the earth post-resurrection. And Acts 1 takes place. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven and that he was Jesus. After giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen. Verse 3, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do, oh, hold up. He gave them what? A command. Now, is a command a suggestion? As a command, eh, I'll get around to it. If your boss gave you a command, if your mom and dad gave you a command, you should better do it. All right? Yeah, mm-hmm, okay, all right? But a command is a command. If you don't do it, you're going to miss out. Got it? So he says, on one occasion, verse 4, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And verse 8, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Verse 4 says, the Bible says he gave his command, and the command was to not leave, but to wait for something. Wait for something. You know, I was listening to SportsCenter the other day. A former NBA player said this, and when he said it, it, I was like, yeah, that's so true. He said, I'm glad I don't play in the NBA anymore, because today we live in the microwave era. If you don't play well one season, you're done. He said, when I played, it was more like an oven. You stuck around year after year, and you cooked and had time to perform. We live in an era that we don't want to have to wait for anything. I hate waiting. Straight up, just being honest. I hate waiting. But when God says to wait, we need to wait. We need to wait. It'll go against every fiber of your being because you're so used to roll, roll out. Let's go, let's go, let's go. But when God says to wait, you better pause and wait. Because there's something coming. 
Jesus prophesied to them, there's something coming. And I believe there's something coming for Lighthouse Assembly that's going to revolutionize church here as we've known it. I believe that in my spirit. I believe it's happening. I believe we're seeing things set in motion and that this church will be one of the greatest churches in all of America. Why not? Do you really believe that? We're going to be the greatest church in America. Why can't we be that? Something's got to happen, friends. Something's got to happen. And he told them, because when you receive this gift, you will receive power. Everybody say power. I just went through a series with our teenagers, and we entitled it Dunamis. That's right. Dunamis. All right. Now, dunamis, what does dunamis mean? Do you guys know what it means? What? Dynamite. Majestic. Strength. Power. And you're all looking at me like, why are you saying dunamis? Dunamis is the Greek word used in the book of Acts in verse 8. But you will receive dunamis. Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why is that important? Because dunamis is more than just power. It's dynamite power. It's explosive. That is what happened in the book of Acts. It was explosive. Something never to have been seen before. This baptism of the Holy Spirit is explosive. It's going to give you a power that you've never had before dunamis when i was talking it over with my son and he's hey do not miss i was like what yeah do not miss you know why do not miss the holy spirit do not miss the holy spirit because i'm telling you people who miss it they're walking in a dead relationship people who miss it are just okay with my seat right here in the pew I'm good to go. I'm going to heaven. That's great. Now, you want the Holy Spirit because this whole row needs to be filled with people. The whole row needs to be filled with people because what happens to people who receive this gift is dynamic. It's powerful. It's going to make your workplace different. It's going to make your home life different. It's going to make every relationship you've ever had totally different when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Something never to have been seen before. This power that Jesus is saying, hey, I'm about to go to heaven. But before I get there, I wanted to give you this instruction. Wait, seek God. My father's got a gift for you. He's got a gift for you. I got a gift for you. He's got a gift for you. For all of us. And these are the words of Jesus. This isn't Joe Callie. This is Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. Amen. So you don't want to miss. Turn to your name and say. You don't want to miss. So then Acts 2 takes place. They're all sitting there. The apostles. Verse 1. We're going to read it again. When the day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This supernatural occurrence never to have been done before. The gift that Jesus prophesied just showed up. Just was given by God himself. Now for the first time in all of history, the Holy Spirit is now on mankind. This dynamic power being filled through the baptism of the Holy Spirit has just transformed what church is about to look like. Jesus said in verse 8, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. They received it, and we see an improvement. We see this power that came upon the apostles. Verse 5, it says, Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one had their own language. When I grew up, I lived in New York, and 4th of July came around once a year. In New York, fireworks are illegal. But I grew up, there was lots of fireworks. And my pet peeve, and I hear all the people, were these things that would go off all day long. It's cool fireworks to see ones that go up and you you see all the glitz and glamour. But there was these things called M80s. Do you know what an M80 is? Okay. We call them blockbusters. You just light them and throw them. And boom! Explosive, loud noise. That's it. There is nothing else except for annoying your neighbor, the neighbor's neighbor, the neighbor's neighbor's neighbor, and all across. That's why we call it the blockbusters, because all the blocks would hear this loud noise. If you was in front of your house, it shook your house. And that's what they did all day. All day. That's dynamic. That is powerful. People knew that over there, they set off a blockbuster. People knew when the Holy Spirit rested upon God's people, outside the walls, they knew something happened inside the walls. So for us, God's going to do something here right here, and it's going to make people walk. They're going to come off the street. They're going to pull into the driveway because of the power of God that just dropped from heaven. Amen? And that's what's going to happen, and that will revolutionize how we do church. It's the power, the power that it's not just good for us, but people around us are going to see this effect. They're going to experience a power like they've never seen before. And that's what's going to fill these seats. It's going to take us, you and me, hungry, desiring, being willing to wait on the Holy Spirit and to desire the things of God more than the things of men. So the Word of God says that all of a sudden, these people come in the st- off the streets and they're finding out like what in the world is happening. They're all speaking in a language that I know of And they're all speaking in different languages. What's going on? Peter steps up and he says this. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. However, this is what was spoken by the prophet of Joel. Now, you got to remember, Peter was a scaredy cat not too long ago. 
Peter was scared to be associated with Jesus because he denied him three times before Jesus went to the cross. All of a sudden, Peter goes from a scaredy cat to addressing a crowd of people. And the Bible says he raised his voice to this boldness, this power that rose up inside of Peter. And he preached the best sermon he's probably ever preached in his life. Because the Bible says that 3,000 people got saved that day. Power. That's explosive power. That's a radical shift in Peter's life. The way Peter did life before, he can't be okay with that anymore. He is now powerful according to God. Amen? And he's used to do powerful things. And you'll read all throughout the book of Acts, Peter, John, Paul, they will walk around and they will see and be used by God to do miracles like never before. They started doing the greater that Jesus told them you could do. The greater, because the baptism of the Holy Spirit gave them the power, that dynamic power to do something that they've only dreamed about, to accomplish something and to walk in such a way. And the Bible also said that the church was like the strongest and it grew rapidly over a period of time. And that's why we have the gospel here. Before that, it was centralized. But then when the baptism of the Holy Spirit hit, boom, and the ripple effects go throughout all the world. That is how the message of the gospel will be continuously proclaimed throughout all the earth. People telling people about Jesus because they're not scared. Radically, powerfully, with authority, saying, Jesus loves you. Saying, God's got a plan for you. Saying, God knows all that you've ever been through, and he paid the price for your sins. You don't have to worry about it anymore. People need to hear the message. People need to hear the story. Because it's easy to be content and just sit in our little pew and say, man, I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I don't know about this guy, but hey, I am. It was so easy. I've said this a thousand times to many people I've talked to. If I had it my way, I would be like that. I would be probably in my own house with my own family and that's it i wouldn't talk to any of you straight up all right straight up i can do that and i can flip that fast ask my wife however i know there's more i know god's got more for me i know god's got more for you so to stay secluded all in our own little home is not the way we're going to grow the church rapidly I don't even know if you'll grow. God wants to grow you like crazy. He wants to use you. He wants to use you, Brian. He wants to use you, Aiden. He wants to use all of us. Because the Bible says, anyone who believes in me, anyone can do the greater. Carter, come up here real fast. So Carter, how many of you guys like getting gifts? So I love getting gifts, okay? Getting a gift is exciting, right? Getting a gift is, is like, yeah, I can't wait for Christmas. I can't wait for my birthday, you know? And, you know, your kids are like, oh, I can't wait for this because they know a gift's like coming with that occasion, you know? So, Carter, if I said, hey, buddy, I got a gift for you. Here you go. Stop. What did he just do? He reached for it. He is receiving the gift, right? 
Now, he's going to receive the gift, and I can guarantee you, because he's my son, he's going to open that gift as fast as possible, and he's going to use that gift as fast as possible. You know what I'm saying? So let's give uh, my man Carter a hand. Thank you, big guy. This gift that Jesus told his disciples and all that were with him and said, hey, there's a gift coming. And Acts, Acts 1.8 says, the gift is coming. And then all of a sudden, Acts 2 comes, the gift came. Why did the gift come? Because the apostles were waiting and willing to receive a gift that Jesus promised to them. And when they received that gift, you see them receiving it. You see them all of a sudden, they're speaking in tongues. All of a sudden, what seems like a violent Russian wind came in through the house. And all of a sudden, this dynamic power comes over them. And then they all are dispersed and they preach the gospel like crazy. That doesn't happen if they don't receive the gift. That doesn't happen if they just say, okay, thanks, God, but never open it. A gift is only good when you receive it and open it. Otherwise, I told the students, I said, could you imagine if I handed you an envelope and said, hey, here's a gift. Just wanted to give it to you. And then it's an envelope. And, you know, I was like, "Ah, I don't want an envelope. I want a big gift. Student goes home and puts that envelope on the dresser. But then all of a sudden their mom comes in and then finds this envelope and opens it. And it's got $1,000 in it. I said, how mad would you be that your mom took the envelope and took that money and you had no clue you had $1,000? And they're like, oh, I'd be so mad. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm afraid some of us do that. We say, God, you know what? That's not for me. That's not for me. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't even know if I believe that. Well, let me tell you something. Acts 2, verse 38 through 39, Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. A a promise. A promise is a promise. It can't be broken. God's promises will not be broken. You're man, so you might break a promise. But God's promises are yea and amen. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Far off means far off. Far off is like far, right? That's far off. What that means is that this promise is for you, your children, your children's children, generations to come afar off. John chapter 14, it says forever the Holy Spirit will be with you. Forever. So far off means today. Everybody say today. This baptism is for today. And it's for today, a thousand years in today. Does that make sense? It's forever till God calls his church home. This power is accessible to you and I. Anyone who believes this power is for them. I don't know about you. Now, you know what? I know about you. You want the power. You want what God wants. You want to be used to do the greater things. You want to make the biggest impact in your community. You want to make the biggest impact in your schools. You want to make the biggest impact in your family. You might just need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You might have to be willing to wait on the Lord and seek God for that baptism of the Holy Spirit. The apostles waited 
they obeyed God. And because of obedience with God, you will always reap a benefit. You will always reap a benefit after your obedience to God. Those who waited on the Lord, they received this gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to believe that God is going to show up in your life. That you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. You will be baptized with fire. You will be transformed. And your life after today will never be the same. What you do will never be the same. How you live will never be the same. You'll never be okay with how you live before you walked into this place. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized with the Holy Ghost, I want you to make your way down here and say, man, I want to, I want to be used by God in a powerful way. Why don't you come forward right now? Don't wait. Don't wait. If you've never been baptized, come forward. And I believe that God, God responds to those who are hungry for Him. God showed up. The Holy Spirit showed up because they were hungry. They were hungry. So I'm going to ask you, if you came forward, just lift your hands and you start praying to God like you've never prayed. You start seeking God like you never saw God before. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and you're like, you know what? I want a fresh filling. I want more. I I haven't seen the greater yet. I want to see greater in my life. I want to see be used by God at a greater level. Then come forward and ask God and God will give it to you in Jesus' name. God is making things new right now in your life. I believe it. I didn't get baptized until I was 22. All my life, before 22, I got weird teachings, weird thoughts. People tell me to do something. So can I challenge you? Don't let your past experience mess up your future. Don't let your past experience, what you were taught at one point, the Word of God needs to teach you not people. I sought a man, he's the district youth director of the Potomac, and he said this, he said, Joe, because I called, I said, dude, I need help, like, what's going on? Like, I'm seeking the gift, I want the gift, I want it, I want it. And he said, Joe, seek God. When you seek God with all you have, he'll give you that gift. He'll give you that. So don't get so caught up on the gift. Get caught up on God. Want the gift, want it don't stop till you receive it but don't get caught up on it love god like crazy have a deep desire of god like crazy god will show up and wait on him wait on him he wants it for all of you we are going to be the powerhouse that this world's never seen before it's through the power of the holy spirit we will transform our country our world. And let me tell you, Jesus is coming back. And Jesus is not coming back for a dead church. He's going to come back for the most vibrant, the most excited, the most happy, the most joyful, the most powerful church that this world has ever seen. So seek God. Don't stop. Don't stop. Your future is brighter. Jesus says you can do the greater I tell you right now, I think I said this to you, is that I'm doing the greater. I have made in my mind, if Jesus says I can do greater, I'm going to do the greater. I don't know what that looks like yet, because I'm not satisfied with what I've done so far. But there's greater yet to come, amen? And that's for all of us. It's for anyone. And that's you.
Father God, be with us as we go. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for allowing us to live. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that those who are seeking you, that the gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that when they leave this place, they might receive it and be overwhelmed in their car. They might receive it at home, in their workplace. Wherever they go, Lord, I pray that you respond to your children. You respond to your children's cry. And Lord, we want more, God. We want the Holy Ghost. We want all that you have for us. Because Lord, you say we can do greater. And I believe we will do greater on this side of heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. We love you. And we give you all the glory, honor, praise. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you.